0: gears here a little bit, move into a, uh, I'm going to call it a Bible study uh, uh, or a sermon light, (laughs) okay? It's going to be about uh, 10 or 15 minutes. And um, I think this is uh, really appropriate considering our times and what we've just seen. Um, As we think of uh, and have seen the tremendous insecurities that the Kenyans face, uh, that many of them lack daily food, they lack clean water, they have the potential of re- return to tribal warfare, extremely corrupt government diseases, and they have the surge of Im- immigrants from the surrounding uh, Muslim countries. It is clear that they need something stable, something that they can depend on and keep them s- to keep themselves sane and spiritually strong. And then today, as each of us looks at our own current events, it is clear that much of what we're seeing and what we assume to be permanent and stable is now unraveling and leading us to the question whether God has removed his blessing or is, has removed it or is going to remove it. Uh, many of us wonder or many do wonder if God is indeed separating himself from us now this brief message tonight is meant to reassure each of us as believers that despite what may happen around us, what the circumstances may be, God will never i repeat never leave us or abandon us. Abundance, our home or health may be vulnerable, but our eternal security is an absolute. We need to be constantly reminding ourselves of this as we go through these troubled times. Our faith often weakens in times uh, when we need it the most. This message is maybe somewhat repetitious for some of you. But I think it's important to encourage, encourage each of us to constantly look at the profound truths that we're going to be looking at in these few short verses. We're going to be studying a hymn of well, we're going to be studying Romans eight. Let's all turn there, if you don't mind. Romans eight. I know where most most of you know that one, and we're going to be looking at verses thirty-one to thirty-nine. I'm going to kind of rush through this because we're short on time. Okay, beginning, let's, um, let's all stand. We'll read Romans eight thirty one to 39. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for these words. We thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that we can find in your word. And we just pray, Lord, that as we study this tonight, that each of us will, will find a truth that, we'll, that we can apply to each and every part of our lives. We thank you again for your love and your mercy to each and every one of us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. I've entitled being the choir director. I get, I get to pick my title. I, the, the hymn of, of security. You like that hymn? Okay, got to get a little music in there. Actually, I borrowed the, uh, a phrase from uh, John MacArthur, so I can't take all credit for that. But we're going to be looking at the issue of security. Um, let's, uh, let's look at um, verse thir- 31 first here. Verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? This particular section of the Scripture is, is Paul's holy triumph, his grand finale to all the things that he's talked about in the previous verses. To give you an example, go back to, I'm sure you all know, know this one, Romans eight 28. Let's start there. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, when he did predestinate them he also called, and whom he called, then he justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So this is referring back to that part and a little bit earlier, but it's 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 Paul coming to a grand conclusion here. And um, <clears throat> one of the commentaries referred to this as since God is for us, not uh, if God be for us, but it's more appropriately interpreted as since God is for us, and it's based on the previous verses. Who can really challenge us? Who can really challenge you if God is on your side? And um, the the important thing to remember, this is, this is uh, an absolute completeness in what he's saying. It's, it's, it's totally... Um, it, it's, an, it's an absolute. It, there's no, nothing you can add or subtract to it. It says, with Christ, all the challenges that, that we face, we can prevail against. Satan, the world, can give us their best shots, and they certainly do try. But ultimately, we will prevail in Christ. Looking to verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Just think about it. If God gave you his son, do you think he's going to hold back on the gift of salvation? If he gave us his his only son, is he going to hold back on the gift of salvation? And that's you know the answer to that. And then it talks about freely giving. It says here to freely give us all things. And that means to be to bestow out of his grace, not begrudgingly. You know, a lot of times we give things away a little begrudgingly, in this case, it's a complete release. It's it's a it's a total gift, and uh, we need and it's freely given. Verse thirty three: Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. God justifies, not Satan, not your mother, not your pastor. It's it's God who justifies, and it's really important for us to keep that in mind. We may challenge all who come to accuse us based on this when you get challenged uh, uh, regarding uh, your your own sense of of connection to God, um, you know that that you can answer with assured um, words and that you stand behind uh, christ 's righteousness the uh, The thing that I was thinking about when i when I read these verses is many times. Um, in my constant office, people come in and they're, they have nothing but doubts about their faith and, and they have all kinds of guilt and they feel condemned. This is quite often uh, what happens and they feel accused by the past. They can't let go of these things. It's just constantly carrying through their lives and it isn't until we get to the point that we understand that we don't have to justify uh, God, uh, Satan doesn't shouldn't be justifying. Our parents shouldn't be justifying. It should be God who is, who is justifying through Christ. And, um, and, and that, that can all be covered through Christ's blood and his righteousness. Verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? With the power of his resurrection, he is sitting at God's right hand, intervening on our behalf. Jesus Christ. You know, I can picture it now, Christ sitting next to to the Lord, and all of a sudden he says, Moline blew it again. Uh, He's been blowing it every day, maybe several times. What in the world is this guy doing? And, but yet, because of Christ's righteousness, God doesn't even see where I blew it, where I committed a sin. Because I'm relying on Christ's righteousness, God it is, it's, it's, it's not, not even before him. And that is a wonderful comfort. Of course, it's not a license to sin. <laughs> I want to make sure I make that clear. Just because God is <clears throat> declaring us righteous, that doesn't mean we have a license to, to sin. Now, just think of this. The one who defeated death and the grave and who said over 21 times that he would be at the right hand of God and four times that he would be interceding for us is acting on our behalf, on your behalf. Jesus Christ is acting as, as, as the person that is covering everything that we've done. That is a great comfort, folks. I hope that you really grasp that. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? There's 17 things listed in that verse, and then verses 38 and 39, that can never separate us from the love of Christ. It's pretty complete. If you look at those that list, 17 different things. And I think it's important to realize that this is not theoretical. Who's writing this this book? Paul. What did Paul go through in his life? All kinds of problems and tests and trials. Um, he's, he's a man that uh, not only experienced it but he's a man that observed it with other people and these written these same words are written to the churches and persons who would soon be facing terrible persecution we've heard many times the pastor and others comment on some of the persecutions that Christians went through in the first century uh, lions uh, being thrown to lions crucified all those uh, horrible horrible things that were done and um, so it's important that Christ, Paul and Christ were preparing the people for that. Suffering should not drive us away from God, but help us to identify with him further and allow, us, allow his love to reach and heal each one of us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Wonderful question, isn't it? I hope you got the right response on that. Verse 36 as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. You know, in the eyes of many men, uh, in the first century and even beyond, Christians, uh, weren't worth a whole lot. We, you know, we were just kind of, uh, uh thrown, thrown to the stake and, uh, burned and, uh, there's a lot of persecution and martyrdom. Think of how Christ died. <clears throat> he certainly did not have a pleasant death. So, Let's look at also how men abandoned Paul as he talks about this. Uh, 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. And um, it's going to be verses 10, starting in verse 10. It's important to remember that Paul, he had a lot of problems when he was in the mission field. And... um, He had all kinds of people that were deserting him and and, uh, not supporting him at different times. Okay, did I say 2 Timothy 4? And I said uh, verse 10, right? Okay, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, and so on. Um, So here we have somebody who has forsaken Paul. And then verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. And then verses 16 and 17. At first my answer, at, fir- at, my, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. We'll leave it at that. <clears throat> so men abandoned Paul. They were constantly being, um, being uh, left in, in different areas. So he was being treated as uh, sheep for the slaughter. And I think it's important to remember that whatever enemies, enemies may rob us of, they cannot rob, rob us of the love of Christ and the love of God. They can take many other things, and they have. But the love of Christ will never leave us. Now, the next part of the message is we are more than conquerors. <clears throat> this is verses 37 and 39. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, Folks, we've already won the battle. We don't have to keep fighting. We've already won the battle. And, you know, what many years ago, when I was about 20, 20 years old, I gave a message on this at, a, at a, some kind of a, uh, a conference somewhere. And uh, I, I wasn't really fully committed to Christ at that time. And I, it, it was so shallow. I look back at that and I just laugh at what I said. Once you grasp how... How this victory is ours. I mean, it just opens up the whole world to you. You can do so many things. You don't have to feel defeated because you know that you've got uh, the victory already won. Not only over sin and Satan, but the world and the reproaches and afflictions. And then as we face the more challenges, more challenges that are coming, not in our own strength, but through him who loved us, still loves us, and whose love engages his power. So, we have this victory, not by our own strength, but by Christ. Uh, okay, verses 38 to 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, we've read all that before, I'll leave, leave it at that, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. In these verses, Paul is answering verse, the question in verse 35. Who shall separate us? And uh, he's saying here that time and eternity shall not separate us. Height and prosperity uh, or depth of adversity shall not separate us. Yes, sin no longer separates us from God because Jesus' blood and righteousness covers it. So tonight, the last question I want to ask you before I close is, are you persuaded? Are you persuaded that uh, that you shall not be separated from the love of Christ. Is this something that's embedded in the very depths of your, of your soul? Where is your faith and security tonight? Is it hanging by a thread on the mounting uh, tower of woes? Or are you on the fence, wondering, am I secure? Am I in, in a good position? Or am I not, moment by moment? Or... Are you confidently standing on the promise of Hebrews 3, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you? And that, in this time of insecurity, is extremely important to keep in in our thoughts and mind. We have great comfort in knowing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We have a stable foundation, folks, as Christians, regardless of what we're facing. The times are tough, and they're going to be tougher but we can stand firm knowing that we have the victory in Christ. That's my message tonight, and I just encourage each and every one of you to, to search your soul and see if you are indeed persuaded that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thank you.